Good morning. Today I'm reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 to 42, at the home of Martha and Mary. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. Speak to God. Thank you, Barney. Well, good morning and welcome. Warm welcome to St. Saviour's Church. We especially welcome you if you're visiting us for the first time. Welcome if you're watching this online. And we hope that you feel um, just, just really welcomed and part of this worshipping community this morning. You're, we are um, continuing this series this morning called Courageous Faith. And if you want to catch up on some previous episodes, you can check it out on our YouTube channel. But the question that this passage asks of each of us this morning is how are you doing with your faith? How are you doing with your faith at this moment in time? I had some new glasses a few weeks ago and before I got home I had one of these emails with this survey just asking on a scale of one to ten how was my experience, you know, did I get good customer care? If God was to send you an email today and give you a scale of how you're doing your faith, where would you plot yourself on that scale, with 10 being amazing, you've never been in a, such a better place with the Lord, and maybe one being you're really struggling, or maybe you're a minus one, and you have no idea what this whole thing about the Christian faith is about. Where would you put yourself on that scale if you were brutally honest? How are you doing at this moment with your faith? The background of this passage which Barney read is these two characters and the sisters, Mary and Martha. And they share a house with their brother, Lazarus. And we find that in other parts of the Bible that these were good friends of Jesus. And Jesus said he loved Martha and her sister in John's Gospel, and he loved Lazarus. And um, if you know the story of Lazarus being raised from the grave, Jesus wept when he heard his friend Lazarus had died. And it's this encounter with these two sisters that I think we see something of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So before we continue, shall we pray? Father, we want to thank you for your word this morning. We want to thank you for the gift of life and thank you that you are the life giver. And we pray to you, Lord Jesus, that you would speak to us now by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You'll be pleased to know this morning it's going to be a short one. I only have two points. Each of them have 10 subpoints and 15 subpoints, but it's a two-point sermon. And my points are that you are invited into a relationship. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is it's in the relationship that we find freedom. 
So firstly, you are invited into a relationship. And many of us would have heard this story before. It's an encounter that Jesus has come to this dinner party and Martha's running around, she's doing all the jobs, she's trying to get the chicken into the oven and bit the potatoes done and hoover the floor and dust the shelves. And she's really annoyed that Mary's just hanging out with Jesus and doing nothing. And I think, you know, it gets to this point where Martha totally loses it. And I'm sure many of us can relate to Martha, can't we? We've been in a situation where we've been working, we've been doing things, and people just been sitting around idly. I remember my mum having a go at me when I was a kid. She used to always hoover, and you'd be watching TV. She'd say, lift your legs up, you lift your legs up, and put them down, and puff the cushions up. And she said, you could just get off your backside and give me a hand. And you kind of feel Martha's frustrations. We need people like Martha to help out. Martha tries to shame her sister publicly. She's so sure that she's right. And she says this, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to come and help me. And Jesus' response is, Mary has chosen what is better. Mary has chosen what is better. He says, it's not that what you're doing isn't important, Martha, but Mary gets it. She gets what this is all about. Martha gets distracted and Mary gets it. One sister is telling God what to do, and the other sister is listening to God. Which of those sisters do you identify with this morning? Are you the one who's telling God what to do, or are you the one who's there listening to God? I think deep down, if we're really honest, subconsciously, we all try and tell God what to do, don't we? With our prayers, with, you know, Lord, why has this happened? Why can't you come through for me here? Why don't you sort out this situation, this financial situation, this relationship? One person's telling God what to do. The other person is listening to God. Where would you put yourself this morning? Sometimes we can be so busy doing things. Life is so busy, isn't it? We have all these technological advances. You know, you can sit at home, you can order a phone, you can order your food, you can get takeaway, you can sort out your insurance, you can do everything from home. You don't have to leave your house. These things are meant to make our life easier, aren't they? And yet, actually, we use that space to fill our lives with more things and make ourselves even more busier. Sometimes life can get so busy, even busy doing things for God. We get busy doing things for him rather than spending time with him. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but I'd love to encourage you this morning to get in the habit of setting time aside to spend with God. Praying, reading your Bible, maybe just going for a walk. I know when I used to live in Tottenham, best um, team in North London, if you're not aware of it. I used to get off the bus at Wood Green and just use that time just to walk home on the way home from work. Just that little space to spend time with God. I'd love you to encourage, to get in the habit of spending time with God. How are you doing in actually carving out time, spending time with God? When I was, um, um, a number of years ago, when my children were very young, I used to think I was like the best parent in the world. You couldn't tell me anything. My, my um, ideas of parenting came from Wikipedia and Google um, rather than experience. But um, just, just seeing the kids this morning just reminded me of um, when my kids were really young. And I remember when one of my sons um, was around about two years old, I said, I, I could do it. I can put him to bed. I can sort this out. I, you know, you're making too much of a mountain out of a molehill. I've, I've checked Wikipedia. I've watched the YouTube videos of changing nappies. I went upstairs. I got the mat out, laid him down on the mat, took his nappy off, put it into the bag. Um, and I thought, I won't do the bag up because I need to sort of wipe him and get the new nappy. And I suddenly thought, where are the nappies? So I said to him, I said, don't move an inch. I'm going to get some nappies. He's two years old. I thought, you know, apparently he'll be obedient to me. 
went into the bedroom to get the nappies and they weren't where I thought they were. So it took me a little bit longer to, to walk, walk around the bedroom, find the nappies, they were under the bed. I came back, when I came back into the landing, surprise, surprise, he wasn't sitting still on the mat waiting for me to come around. He started to run around the landing and somehow he managed to catch his feet on the nappy bag. So the nappy bag got hooked around his feet and he was running around dragging it. We had this lovely beige white carpet. As he was running around, the contents of the nappy was trickling on the carpet, on our lovely beige white carpet. If you've seen the guys who do the lines on the road, it was a bit like that. He was marking out lines in a figure of eight on the carpet. So as I sat him down, I tried to rub the carpet, I shouted downstairs, everything's all right, I've got everything under control, nothing to worry about. I learned that you have to invest time and do life together and listen to others to know how to do these things. Parenting's a relationship. I, I think I've, I'm probably still far from the perfect parent, but you can't do it by just watching a YouTube video or Wikipedia or Googling. You actually have to do life together. You actually have to invest time. You have to listen to other people. And as we do life together, we learn, don't we? We grow. I think that's a lovely picture of our relationship with God. Actually, we can't do it by watching a video, but it's actually in relationship. Invest in time with him. Spending time at his feet, doing life together, listening to others. That's how we grow in our relationship with Jesus. There's a lot of people in the church and outside the church who know about God, but they don't actually know God. It's very easy to read books about history. Yes, Jesus died 2,000 years ago, but all the theologians, the historians say about it. We can know a lot about God, but do we actually know him? Jesus is inviting us into a relationship. The Christian faith isn't just this set of rules, do this or do that for so many years. That's what I thought it was about. It's about a relationship with a person, and that person's called Jesus. There's something else which is really wonderful that's happening in this encounter. Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. It's a place that was reserved for disciples and for men and for those who were close followers of the rabbi. And Jesus affirms, he says, Mary has chosen what's better. And in that moment, Jesus is saying, everyone is invited into this relationship. Male and female, rich and poor, young and old, black and white. Everyone is welcomed into the relationship with Jesus to sit at his feet. You are invited into a relationship. That's the first thing. You are invited. Each one of us is invited. But the second thing is, it's in this relationship that we find freedom. It's in this relationship that we find true freedom and fulfillment in life. Verse 41 says this, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed one, and Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And I don't know what your goal is in life. Maybe it's to have um, a good job or the nice home, the fast car. Maybe it's to have the perfect relationship. Maybe it's to see your kids grow up and flourish and get married and do well for themselves. Maybe it's just to have a sense of um, peace and free from worry and anxiety and all the things and all the uncertainties in life. What's your goal in life? The key to dealing with worry and uncertainty and for finding fulfillment Jesus says, is in a relationship with him. The key to peace in the storms of our life is in the relationship with Jesus. 
Last week, Guy was speaking about the, the 72. Jesus sends out these 72. And he sends out these disciples to preach the good news, to heal the sick, to set people free. And they come back really excited and amazed as they're praying for people. Things are happening. The Spirit of the Lord's moving. And Jesus says, don't, don't, be, don't be amazed. Don't be um, happy or full of joy that the Spirit submit to you. But be amazed that your names are written in the book of life, that you have entered into a relationship with Jesus. Because he's saying that's where it all starts. A similar thing happens in Mark's gospel. Jesus comes down from a mountain, he's been praying, and this man comes up to him and he says, I've been asking your disciples to heal my son and they can't do it. And Jesus rebukes them for their faith and then he just says, this type can't come out without prayer and fasting. Speaking to your father, spending time with him, it's all about a relationship. The disciples have got into this habit of relying on a formula, thinking if they do this or that, things are going to happen. How often do we do that? We think it's about a formula. We want a quick fix for all the things that we go through. But it all happens in a relationship. It's not about what we do. It's about Jesus has already done. It's about his grace. It's about what he did on the cross for us. He's already done it. And we just need to come before him like Mary and rest at his feet and receive from him. Mary gets it. It's about adoration, praise, and worship. You may know the story of where she went off after this event and she bought some perfume. It was a whole year's salary. Something was moved in her heart that she saw something in Jesus that she wanted to spend a whole year's salary and she poured on his feet and dried his feet with her hair. She gets it. She gets adoration. For Martha, it was about doing things. She thinks she could earn God's favor by doing things, by being a certain way. Yet actually, none of us are good enough to meet with Jesus. It's because of what he's already done for us, that when the Father looks down on us, he sees Jesus. That's what justified means. Just as if I'd never sinned. When the Father looks at us, he sees his son. Perfect. Because what Jesus done on the cross, it's about grace. Just to conclude this, spending time with Jesus isn't about a feeling, it's about an attitude. Spending time with Jesus isn't about a feeling, it's about an attitude. Earlier on the week when I knew I was preparing this talk, I thought, well, maybe I need to spend some time with Jesus myself. Maybe I should be modeling it if I'm going to be telling other people about it. So I went off on Wednesday to a park, I took my Bible and I sat there and I prayed and wanted to receive from the Lord and I thought I was going to have an amazing spiritual encounter and I'll be able to stand up here this morning and say I saw angels and visions and God filled me with his peace and if I'm totally honest I probably felt a bit more grumpy at the end of the day than I did before I started I didn't see any flashing lights or anything I came away really disappointed I thought Lord I preached about this I spent a day with you I've got nothing the next day I got up early spent time just in the Bible praying again nothing and then on Friday, as I got up and I just spent some time, just in my quiet time, just reading the word, I kind of felt this kind of peace came over me. And I felt God was reminding me that this stuff isn't a quick fix. He doesn't want to spend every Wednesday with me. He wants to spend every day with me. It's about us meeting with him every day like Mary, resting at his feet. Not scheduling him into our diary. But saying, Lord, you are the one that's important. You might have heard this phrase, praise God when you feel like praising him. 
Praise him when you don't feel like praising him and praise him till you begin to pray, feel like praising him again. It's not about a feeling. It's about us just saying, Lord, we want to come before you. Sometimes we need to press and hold on to him and keep pressing through until we feel like praising him again. And it's in this relationship we find freedom that our lives can be so busy and we don't take the opportunity just to stop and rest with God. Maybe you're here this morning, if you're perfectly honest, you're looking for the quick fix. Monday morning or Tuesday morning, whatever it is, you wake up, you have that quick time of prayer, and you move on into the rest of your week. God is calling us to slow down, to spend time with him. When he says to Mary, you have chosen the greater thing, and it won't be taken away from you. He's talking about something that's going to last for all eternity. Something that's sustainable. That actually when we commit ourselves to the Lord, everything else falls into place. It's God calling you today to slow down and to spend time with him. Not to squeeze him into your life. Or maybe is he calling you to, to be bold to actually say, Lord, I've never even investigated this stuff. But I'm willing to try. I'm willing to, to actually spend time with you to see if what you say is true. Will you slow down for Jesus? You know, God's love language is time. I don't know if you've done these five love languages, you know, gifts and presents and adoring words. God's love language is time. He loves it when we want to just spend time with him day in and day out. And sometimes you just need to keep hold on and persevere, even when you don't feel like it, and spending time in the Father's presence. And that's when we encounter him. We encounter the freedom of the relationship. And we grow in deeper levels of our relationship with the Father. I'm going to invite the band up on stage. And we're going to pray. And if you're able, would you like to stand? It's been such a, a privilege doing a dedication this morning for a small child and... The parents will spend the rest of their life getting to know that child's personality and those of you who have children will know how much they change over the years and how their personalities change and how when we invest in time we, we get to know people so much better and so much deeper. And that's, that's, that's the picture of our relationship with God. We can't do it from afar. We can't do it with the quick fix. We can only do it when we say, Lord, I'm going to invest time in getting to know you as a person spending time with you, slowing down, moving out the business of my life and saying, actually, I'm going to make this a priority and I'm going to trust to see what you can do in my life. Holy Spirit, we invite you to be here this morning. We just say, come, Holy Spirit. It's the oldest prayer in the church. Come, Holy Spirit. And I'd love to encourage you this morning, wherever you are on that scale of faith, whether you're in that place of amazement and awe and wonder like Mary, or whether you're in that place of you just don't get it like Martha. Just say, Lord, I'm here for you to speak to me. And this isn't about forcing you or manipulation. This is just your opportunity to say, if you want to, Lord, I want to slow down and discover about you. What, what is this thing? What is this thing that transformed Mary's life? she was sitting to spend a whole year's wages in adoration 
and worship. Come, Holy Spirit, would you roam our lives and would you speak to us which one of those sisters we are this morning? Are we a Martha or are we a Mary? Are we so busy doing things for you that we miss the blessing of knowing you? Or are we just coming at your feet and resting with you? And if you don't know Jesus this morning, I'd love to encourage you just to, just to receive him. say I've been looking at this stuff from afar or maybe I've been hurt in the past but I'm, I'm willing to draw a line and say Lord I want to be in that place of Mary just resting at your feet or if you do know Jesus say Lord how can I slow down and spend time with you how can I get back to that place of awe and wonder not just when I feel like it but even when life is tough and hard and painful Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your invitation, your invitation to a relationship, the greatest relationship that transforms lives. And we thank you, Lord, that it's in this relationship of spending time with you that we find true freedom and fulfillment. It's in the relationship that lives are transformed, that addictions are broken, that relationships are repaired and restored. God has good plans for you and it begins with you knowing him through his son Jesus.